Hey, you're listening to The Treehouse Storyteller. Meet me in the treehouse for God-shaped storytelling. Treehouse Storyteller is where we can come together as messy parents seeking Jesus together and raising kids to love him too. If you aren't scared of addressing cultural issues head on and finding a deeper understanding of the biblical worldview to share with your children, then you've come to the right place. I'm not afraid to be transparent and tell all of the juicy details Our children are being chased by the world and it is our job to be well-equipped and know not only how to lead our flock, but successfully send our arrows out into the world one day to build the kingdom. So snuggle up by the fire or soak up the sunshine with those earbuds in and meet me in the treehouse for some biblical storytelling. Hey guys. Today, we are going to be talking all about the armor of God. I don't know if you have studied this before. I have studied it several times. I love, love, and don't get sick of talking about the whole armor of God that God instructs us in throughout the Bible, and we are going to discuss why it is important to know what the armor is, why it's important to know how to use it, and all of its different components and the power that is found when we put on the armor of God. But first, we have to talk about the why we need to use it. Guys, the world we are living in, I really don't think I need to say this over and over again, (laughs) but honestly, people look at me like I'm crazy when I say it, because there are people that are living kind of in the reality of of their own reality that everything's just peachy king. Well, it's not. So we are living in an era, in a time, in an age, whatever you want to call it, where we are waiting on Jesus. This is the church's time to shine, guys. We are in between uh, the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ. We are in between in that season where there is a lot of uh, spiritual warfare going on. There is a lot of attack from the enemy. And as believers, as Christians, and as well as parents, for those of us that are, it is so vital that we understand what's going on in our culture, that we know how to stand against it and to stand firm in God's word and in his truth. So today we are going to talk deeply about the armor of God. And one of the reasons why we really need to understand the order in which we put it on is because, okay, so think my husband's a Marine. So I always go, I kind of like revert to military battle (laughs) situations because I talk to him a lot that way. If I can't really communicate very well, then I'm like, okay, picture it like this. And then and then sometimes it works. Um, so anyways, we'll try it with you guys, see if it, see if it clicks. So if my husband were to go out into battle, let's pretend he has had, he's been in the Marine Corps for 18 years. Okay. That's a lot of time. Let's pretend that he has had zero years zero years of training. And all of a sudden there is a war knocking on his doorstep and he needs to deal with it. Now let's pretend like he has all of this armor head to toe right there sitting, waiting 
by the door. I think of like the old Renaissance, like your giant uh, armor. <laughs> um, just pretend like he has everything, okay? Sword, shield, all the things, helmet. Well, if he has never fought war before and he just puts this stuff on and he doesn't even really know how to utilize it properly, how successful, now he'd probably argue with me, but how successful do you think he really is going to be at this point if he's never, ever touched any of these things? Do you think he's going to be really successful at avoiding the enemy or fighting back against the enemy or knowing war tactics or understanding how to do any of the things that he needs to do to protect himself and to fight back and to ultimately win the battle? Well, the answer is he's not going to not going to come off very well, unfortunately. It's really like it would be only by God's grace that he would make it. Okay, so now let's pretend like he maybe he's had 18 years of training and this is what he's been training for. This is the battle that has finally come that he knows like this is what I've been training for. This is why I have the armor. This is what I'm prepared for. Now it's time to fight and use all of the knowledge all of the head knowledge, all of the muscle memory, put the armor on like I've put on 12,000 times before in practice. Now it's showtime. Let's go. And he's going to be prepared. He's going to walk in confidence knowing I know how to do this. And he's going to be able to be focused, understand war fighting, understand how to go against the enemy because he knows how to use the armor that we've been given. Now, I think what a lot of us do, and this is like my main point today, I'm just going to start off right off the bat with it. <laughs> but I think what a lot of us do is we take the armor of God and we go, okay, awesome. God, thanks. Like, I'll put that over here. And then like, if it comes to that, like, I'll use it. I'll totally pick it up, God. It's like really cool looking. And thanks so much. Like we sing songs about it and I totally know what all of it is. And this is really going to be fun when I have to use it. So this is cool. And it'll be like a party trick. I can like pull it out when friends come over and be like, oh, look, I've got the armor of God. I think that's what we do. And we're not doing anything to really prepare our hearts and really prepare ourselves for this kind of spiritual battle that we are finding ourselves in right now. So it is not enough to put on the the armor. It's not enough to play dress up because if all we are doing is putting on this like quote unquote spiritual fancy looking armor and going, hey, yeah, we have the armor of God and we're we're walking through the fire and we're doing all the things, but we don't have God's word and his truth and his promises and his true spirit living inside of us. And we're just pulling that out like a insurance policy, when things start going south, then are we really truly prepared to use his armor as it was fully intended? Now, hear me out. I am not saying that someone can pull it out at the last second and go, okay, I'm putting on the armor of God. Oh my word, I really need it. God can still be faithful in all of that. So hear what I'm saying. I'm not, I am not taking power away from God, but instead I'm trying to really spur us on, spur each other's hearts on of how much we need to be prepared in order to use it to its full ability and that we need to be faithful because we know God is going to be faithful, but we need to be faithful too and obedient. That's really what he's called us to do is to be obedient. We no longer have to do all of 
the messianic law. We don't have to abide by all of the sacrifices and all of the rituals that the Old Testament Jewish culture had to do because we have Jesus and he did that for us. He has fulfilled the law, but he asked us now to be obedient and to walk with him. And so what I want to talk today about is putting on the full armor of God as a further act of obedience on top of already chasing after God on a daily basis. Let's look at the scripture, Ephesians 6.10. I'm actually going to back up. Um, it's kind of the beginning of this section uh, that's labeled the whole armor of God in my, my version. Finally, build up your strength in union with the Lord and by means of his mighty power. Put on all the armor that God gives you so that you will be able to stand up against the devil's evil tricks. Now, this is the good news translation. I'm doing it in this one because I want us to be able to translate this to our kids in a way that they understand. So I'm going to read it in this, but then I'll go back and read it in a couple different versions as well as we work through it. So it's the devil's evil tricks that we are working against. For we are not fighting against human beings, but against the wicked spiritual forces in the heavenly world the rulers, authorities, and cosmic powers of this dark age. So put on God's armor now. Then when the evil day comes, you'll be able to resist the enemy's attacks. And after fighting to the end, you will still hold your ground. So stand ready with truth as a belt tight around your waist, with righteousness as your breastplate, as your shoes, the readiness to announce the good news of peace. At all times, carry faith as a shield, for with it, you will be able to put out all of the burning arrows shot by the evil one and accept salvation as a helmet and the word of God as the sword, which his spirit gives you. Do all this in prayer, asking for God's help. Pray on every occasion as the spirit leads. For this reason, keep alert and never give up. Pray always for all God's people and pray also for me that God will give me a message when I'm ready to speak so that I may speak boldly. And make known the gospel's secret for the sake of the gospel. I am an ambassador, though now I am in prison. Pray that I may be bold in speaking about the gospel as I should. So this is Paul talking, right? Let's go back and let's work through. But I kind of want to point out some key points as it goes through. So he first talks about uh, you know, having the strength and building up the strength. So before he addresses putting on the armor... He says, build up your strength in union with the Lord by means of his mighty power. So we need to be in union with the Lord first. We need to make that commitment first and foremost before we can expect anything else. Then put on all of the armor that God gives you. And I don't, I don't feel like it's one of those things where obviously it's not tangible. This is a spiritual armor that we're talking about. So it's not something that you can physically put on and take off. However, there are physical components that I see in here where when we are talking about the word and the truth, that is, that is God's word. That is uh, his word, the word of God and accept salvation as a helmet and the word of God as the sword. So we have our Bible. And while it is not a physical sword that we can actually go to battle with another physical sword, but it is a spiritual sword that we can fight with. And if we know our Bible, if we know God's word, then how much more are we able to use the sword? Now, if we don't ever pick up our Bible, guys, 
if we come to a sword fight and we've never picked up a sword before, how do you think that's going to go? But the Bible is called a sword. So we need to actually pick up our Bible and use it. And this is a really easy analogy to tell kids, like if they're in sports or if they play a musical instrument, it's a super quick analogy for you as parents to say, hey, like if you just sit down in front of a piano, you can't expect to know Mozart, can't play for Elise without you know putting some time in. You need to learn the keys. You need to learn how to play the notes. You need to learn how to read music. You need to understand musical theory. There's so many components to learning a specific skill and knowing it well enough to then apply that to battle, if you will. I don't see many people doing like piano battle wars. <laughs> It'd be kind of fun to listen to. But but seriously, like if we are going to use the word of God as a living, active sword, sharper than a two-edged sword, cuts through bone and marrow, right? Living and active the Bible tells us. If we truly believe that, then we will be picking it up and in it and using it and underlining and taking notes and dissecting it and praying over it and keeping our nose in the word of God. Otherwise, how are we expecting that to be our one of our most valuable, if not the most valuable part of God's armor? He's given us his armor to use. And if we don't know it, then how are we supposed to use it properly? We're most likely going to misuse it. We're going to misquote something. We're going to make a mess out of it. So we have to know his word. Then he also talks about, toward the end, he talks about how we speak and that we have to be bold and that he asks for prayer that we can do this. But before he talks about being bold, he says, pray on every occasion as the spirit leads. So there is a lot more going on here than just putting on the armor of God. And I think we as Christians, as Sunday school teachers, as youth group people, like it's really fun to just say, put on the armor of God and here's all the pieces and parts but we can't read this section of God's word and not also pick apart the fact that it says all of these other things to do along with it. So first we had to train. Then we had to we had to train inviting God into our heart, inviting Jesus first and having him change our heart and change our lives and work do a work in us, right? We have to have that initial commitment. We have to commit to him. We have to commit our heart to his heart. And then then we walk with the, the armor of God on, but that's not enough all by itself because then he says, do all this in prayer, asking for God's help. So then we have the armor on, but we still need to ask in prayer. We need to be on our knees praying for God to do the work because we can't do the work on our own just because we have some fancy armor that we think we have, we still need God. We still have to be 100% reliant on his power and his ability in us. So then we pray on every occasion as the spirit leads. For this reason, he says, keep alert and never give up. Pray always for all God's people. So now we haven't stopped praying. So we've, we have Jesus, we have the armor. We're asking for God's help. We have to keep continually praying 
And now we're praying for other people just like us, for God's people around us. So there's unity in the church. So it's not just us alone. We're not standing here in God's armor alone. We are with his people fighting this battle. So we're, we're with fellow believers rising up together and we are with God's power, God's strength, because we are on our knees praying for his strength. But then it also says, keep alert and never give up. So we are to have an alertness, an awakeness. We are in a culture right now that is saying, wake up more than any other time period that I've known in history. We are calling as a nation to say, wake up. What is going on? We have to wake up. So we have to keep alert. Parents, we have to be alert. Oh my goodness. What are your kids watching? What are they reading? What are they seeing in front of their faces? What are they being told at school? What are they being taught? What are they being told that is okay, that we know the word of God says is not okay? What lies are they being fed that cannot be further from God's truth? We have to stay alert and never give up because we can win this battle because, oh my word, we have, we have the Trinity. We have God's armor surrounding us. We have these tools that he has given us to do the job. But most importantly, we have him and his power and we have the power in the church. I learned this weekend and I guess I've never really thought about it. Like historically, yes, that totally makes sense. But I never realized the Bible does not ever talk about, our pastor mentioned this on Sunday, the Old Testament does not really ever say the word church, like never talks about the church as we know it in the New Testament. That is a New Testament concept because before that it was, you know, God's people, the chosen people, but they weren't really referred to as like the unity of the church and I, I kind of see them as like every man for himself. Like you send, you do your sacrifice, you, you know, you, you're unclean, you do this thing to make it better. You do this atonement uh, to fix your life, to fix your problem, to fix your sin. And then in the New Testament, we see this unification with Christ through the church. And it's such a beautiful thing. Well, really the, the disciples after Jesus, right? Uh, but because of Jesus, they went on and built the church, the early church. So we have that power together, knowing that we have fellow believers that are standing up there with us. We are not alone in this. Okay. So then he goes on and then he starts to say, also pray for me that God will give me a message when I'm ready to speak so that I may speak boldly and make known the gospel secret. So he talks about, he's talking to the Ephesians and saying, pray for me that I can I can speak boldly when it's time to speak. Guys, that's our that's my prayer for us is that we as parents, I think we are in a season, we are in a time that we are called to be speaking right now. And I don't mean everyone needs to have a podcast. I don't mean everyone needs to have a microphone, everyone needs to have a platform. I don't even mean everyone needs to share things on social media, but I mean that we need to be speaking in our circle what is true and with boldness. That is one of the key elements here is that we are being bold. He then says, for the sake of this gospel, I am an ambassador. Though now I'm in prison, pray that I may be bold in speaking about the gospel. Guys, we are kind of in a cultural prison that we don't know when we are going to be free of this from 
an earthly standpoint. We know we will be free of all of this stuff from an eternal standpoint. This is not going to be eternal. Jesus will come back. There will be an end to all of this. But we don't know when that will be. And we don't know how long in our lifetime that we will see culture exactly the way we see it right now. We don't know fully if it's going to kind of reverse before it gets really bad or you know, <laughs> if it's just going to keep going downhill. But we know that we are in kind of this season where really I feel like it's like a cultural prison. Now in America, we have it so much better than other countries still, but I don't like the way we're going. And it's, it's not a good direction for us believers to be in a nation that is so quickly nosediving toward evil. So this is a season right now that we need to stand up and speak and speak in boldness. But we have to remember all of these steps too. And it's not this perfect formula, but I think all of the things listed in Ephesians 6 are absolutely evident that we need to be utilizing these things. So we need to go to Jesus. We need to put on God's armor. We need to stand up. We need to pray we need to pray for God's power to come over us. And then we need to unite with the church, with fellow believers, with the big C church, but your local church too, and then stand ready. All right. So let's go through kind of a fun thing that we can do with, um, with the armor of God. Now, something that I like doing with my kids, and it's something you can do like once a year, like maybe when they're just needing a refresher or more often than that is sit down with them and ask them, like after you read these verses, get some art supplies and ask them like, hey, what's your armor look like? So that they can kind of paint a visual in their mind, even though it's not this real tangible armor. They don't have a physical sword. They don't have a physical helmet, any of the things, but they have the word of God. And that's the very, very real physical sense. But have them sit down and, and draw a picture. Maybe it can be like a masterpiece depending on their age level and their interest in, in arts and crafts. But it would be really fun. I've done this with my kids. I've done this um, over the years. And it's really fun to do it with them because then you can create this image. And don't be worried about if it's like a stick figure. Like just try and create something that makes sense. And maybe if drawing is so far from your ability, maybe grab some old magazines and find things in magazines that you can like cut out and piece together, like a funky hat to wear as a helmet or and like glue it on a page to kind of make your thing. And furthermore, if you want to like take a picture of your kids and then cut it out of them like standing there and then they can like dress up kind of like a paper doll concept, they can dress up armor on their self. And I think that would be really a cool way to do it. So let's go through all of these components. So stand ready with the truth as a belt tight around your waist. I think it's really significant that he says tight around your waist. You're not thugging it with like your loose pants and they're falling down. <laughs> um, but you have your belt tight around your waist. And I think that's so significant that we are holding up the truth. So with righteousness as your breastplate and as your shoes, the readiness to announce the good news of peace. So the shoes are like we are walking out our faith, right? We are we are walking in a readiness. We have that shows movement. That shows that we have to take a step. We have to move forward. We have we can't just stand still. We have to be in motion in order to announce the good news of peace at all times. 
carry faith as a shield. So we are shielding ourselves. You can put like your hands on your heart or on your chest, like nothing can get in there. We are shielding our hearts. We are shielding ourselves. We are protecting our hearts, guarding our hearts, if you will, with our faith. Guys, if our faith is only like a fraction of a millimeter deep, that shield is not going to protect us very well. But if our faith has built on itself and that faith built, and then this other thing happened and we saw God's power in that, and then this other thing happened and we saw God's uh, provision, and then we saw his promise fulfilled, and then then we saw our friend healed, and then our sickness was healed, and then we were protected over here and protected over there and provided for here and there. And we have all of these protections and piled and piled and piled and piled, and our faith shield is really thick because we have given God the glory for all of these experiences in our life and we've seen his hand in the goodness of our life, then our faith has been built into this thicker shield. So now instead of like this tiny thin piece of tissue paper that we're clenching on really, really tightly in front of our chest, now we have this like giant piece of steel that nothing can get through. It is bulletproof. It's it's better. It is thicker than any bulletproof vest that exists. That's how we want to build our faith. And that's how we want our kids' faith to be. So guys, when something good happens, point it out to your kids. Talk about it. If you have someone in your life that has been healed, that was sick, talk about it. Point it out. Show your kids God's hand at work every time you see it so that you can stack faith upon faith upon faith because that is how we are protecting our hearts from the evil schemes. It says, at all times, carry faith as a shield. We don't take it off when we go to a certain place. We keep it there always. For with it, you will be able to put out all the burning arrows shot by the evil one. Guys, he has, the enemy has fiery arrows coming at you. Fiery arrows coming at your kids. We need a giant, thick faith shield to block them. We don't need a paper-thin faith shield. We need a giant, giant, thick, fireproof, arrow-proof, bulletproof shield. And accept salvation as a helmet and the word of God as the sword, which the Spirit gives you. We already talked about his sword. Do all this in prayer, asking for God's help. Here's that prayer piece again. We have to do this with prayer, right? So guys, you can break this down. Have your kids listen to this with with me, with you, and walk through all of these things, whether you draw, whether you do a cutout, whether you do photographs, cut it all, paste it together. I think it's a really fun exercise. Maybe it's something that you want to journal about and just write and describe what this looks like for your life and for your kid's life. Because I I think there are tangible ways that we can build out God's armor. And that can be how our life looks, how our family life looks, the things we watch, the things we don't, the friends we see, the friends we don't. We can build boundaries around our kids' lives and around our own lives as adults to create a very powerful armor of God. And remember, we have to stay alert. So a couple verses, 1 Corinthians 13, 6, love, 
which is God. He is the biggest, (laughs) biggest understanding of love is God. Love does not delight. So God does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. So he is standing there right with us, rejoicing in the truth. He is not okay. He is on our side against evil of the world. I want you to imagine what your belt of truth looks like. How do you hold that tight around your waist? What are some tangible ways? Maybe that's developing a schedule or setting aside time that you're, you're in the word, that you are reading the Bible. Maybe that's with your kids. Maybe that's with your spouse. How do you build that faith? How do you record that and just build faith upon faith so you have this amazing breastplate, amazing shield? And what's on your feet? Are you like ready? Are your feet ready or they feel kind of stuck? Do you feel like hesitant to take a step and to fight? Or do you feel like, well, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna sit over here. My feet are kind of like over here not doing anything. Pray that God gives you the boldness. Pray that God brings the time to use his truth, his boldness to speak out. All right. So Acts 4.12, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. So guys, we have salvation through Christ. And we, I do believe, are all called to speak. That doesn't look the same for everyone, but we are called to use our voice to speak out against the evil of this world. And it's his truth, his word, his love that has to come out. Let's be clear, if we don't have love with the truth bombs, then the truth is just going to come out as hate. But we have to have love with the truth. And just like that, we can't give love and not also say what is true. It's real easy to love sometimes and forget the truth of God's word. It's easy to fall into the trap of accepting cultural sin and cultural lies, things that are happening around us, and just go, well, love wins. Let's just love everybody. And then, you know, it'll all work out. That's what they want to do. Just love everybody. Guys, we have to have truth with the love, or it's not fully love. It's not God's love if it doesn't also have truth. So it has to be both. So we have to speak with his love, with heart of love, but with word, his word of truth, his truth. Okay. We have to keep our eyes on him because the enemy is coming with those fiery darts, and we have to make sure that we are focused on him. All right, so I think you guys should draw or make a an armor craft this week or whenever you want. I think it's super fun. Uh, share it with each other. Share it with me. I'd love to see it if you guys do that. Remind each other that it's a choice to put on God's armor. It's a choice. We can walk this life. We can say we're a believer and never fully use his armor. Just like someone can be in the military and never actually go to war. It happens all the time. And that's okay in the military. I think it's not okay for someone to be a Christian and not be at battle. I think we have to realize that we have a job to do. We have to prepare our hearts and we have to be prepared to make an account and to give our testimony because we never know when that time happens. And it always comes when we're not really expecting it, doesn't it? Someone says something and then you go home and go, man, had I known that was going to happen, I would have said this. It happens all the time to me where someone kind of blindsides me with a conversation and I have a very slow reaction 
to intensity. So like if someone comes up to me and is like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant, blah, 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 blah. I'll be like, oh, wow, that's great. And then like, I won't really have anything to fully say until like 10 minutes later. Then I'm like, oh, (laughs) and then I go into like, I have to process it, which is good and bad because I don't overreact. But then I also sometimes leave conversations going, man, I could have said this. I should have said that. And I wasn't quick enough to think about it. And so that's where we have to be prepared. And I, I've been ill-equipped and ill-prepared in those moments. And it's something that I pray for all the time now. Like, God, help me to be quicker, not with like the negative things with my tongue, because that we need to be slow to anger, slow to speech with, you know, my tongue needs to be cut off at times, right? We do say stupid stuff. But I want to pray for quicker responses with God's truth wrapped up in his love. I want to be able to say those things quicker. All right. Matthew 19, 26. For people, this is impossible, but for God, all things are possible. And that's how we have to walk into his armor. That's how we have to put on his armor is knowing that if we just say we're doing something and it's without God's help, it's not going to go very well. But if we put on, if we're just going through the motions, just doing the thing, checking the box, but it's not with God's help, then it's it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So God is so good. I pray that this message encourages you, encourages your family to have some time together to talk about your faith, to talk about God's armor, and to just dive into that a little bit deeper than a Sunday school session and really understand the purpose of God's armor, because this is not against human, human against human. We are in this dark age, right? And we are standing up against the devil's evil tricks. Thanks guys. Hope you have a good day. Wait, before you go, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and follow us on Facebook or Instagram at the Treehouse Storyteller so we can stay connected. Head on over to thetreehousestoryteller.com for more products, artwork, photography, and encouragement. See you next time.